From a totally different perspective? Ready for provocative conversation? Intriguing stories and inspiration? Then don't touch that dial. Welcome to Talk with Francesca. She'll give you something to talk about all week long. Now, here's Francesca. What if you took the time to really soak it? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with Francesca. I'm Francesca Luca, and I love that you've decided to tune in today, so big thank you for that. Whatever happens to be on your mind, I want to know, because my awesome team helps me with the production of the show that will bring you not only entertainment, but practical knowledge about stuff that we think that you're going to care about. We know we do. So let me know what's on your mind. Shoot me an email at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. And if you miss part of the show, you can pick up right where you left off. Just hop on over to my website, talkwithfrancesca.com, and listen there under recent shows. And in case you don't know, which by now you should, there are also hundreds of episodes to listen to on iTunes. So plenty of places to tune in and at your convenience. All right, I have an awesome giveaway today. I am looking for the 10th emailer. You'll email me again at info at talkwithfrancesca.com and you have a chance to win a round trip ticket on Highline Cruises from Hyannis to Nantucket. So a great, great giveaway. So hop on your computer now and good luck. This portion of Talk with Francesca is sponsored by Terramia Restaurante in the North End. They have, and I know because I have been there a zillion times, absolutely the best Italian food in the North End. Check them out. I promise you're not going to be disappointed. All right, we've got enough housekeeping and we are going to get started. Love can have you feeling on top of the world when things are going well, but when romance takes a wrong turn, that euphoric sensation may turn heart-wrenching in a matter of seconds. With millions of articles, books, and what, a zillion resources discussing love, it's easy to be confused and frustrated. Well, having been featured on the Today Show, Oprah, People Magazine, and many, many other platforms, award-winning Susan Winter offers individualized coaching sessions to better your romantic relationships and your relationship with yourself, which is first and foremost. She is also a best-selling author. Susan has written numerous books about dealing with relationship challenges and empowering others. So big welcome to you, Susan Winter. Thanks for joining us today on Talk with Francesca. Thank you, Francesca. I'm delighted to be with you today. So your first book, also best-selling, Older Women, Younger Men, New Options for Love and Romance, discusses how to heal with negative attitudes from friends and family regarding this issue. Why do you think there's a double standard with women dating younger men? Isn't it amazing? You know, so you've just hit the you've hit the nucleus right now. Mm-hmm. Normally, it took me ages. It took me about a decade to get journalists and producers to know what I was talking about. But the real issue in all of this is, believe it or not, even now, we are still, as women, held to a standard of youth and beauty. Oh, yeah. Independent of running countries and companies, Otherwise, you'd never blink an eye. It, the, the question is always, the reason people talk about it, they're like, 
but why would he, what does he see in her? She's old. That's why when you see Emmanuel Macron with his wife, who's 23 years older, you're like, yeah, okay. He's <laughs> not a toy, right? He's hardly a toy boy. He's the president of France. He could have had anyone he wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, he fell in love with her years ago as a teenager and then went off and did what he had to do. And she finalized raising her children. And they're finally like, okay, we can't deny this. And they get together. But we have a hard time because we've been socialized as women to believe that still, still, still our worth is how pretty, how few wrinkles, how perfect our body. Otherwise, we're not wanted. We're undesirable. So that's why it makes it a big hubbub. So but why do you think there is this double standard with women dating younger men? Well, that was always a man's territory. They had the power. <laughs> people don't people don't give up power easily. Here's all my power. You take it. I feel like sharing it with you. Right? It's, it's funny. I have my my best friend date someone. I don't know. I think five, I think he's five or six years younger, and and she often will make a big deal out of it. Like, well, he's kind of you know he's on the younger side. I mean, I don't really think five or six years is that much. And as a matter it's, of fact, now that I isn't. think of it, my cousin is married to someone twelve years younger than her. So, you know, it it happens all the time. I mean, Hollywood all the time. What about uh, Demi Moore, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, I think within a generation, there's not an obvious difference. Um, you know, look at George Bush and his wife. I mean, she literally looked two generations older. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the prematurely gray hair, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm talking about George Bush one. Right. So, so it's just, it's... um. You know, we just have this expectation and it is, it's continued. You see movies where the lead character is in his 60s and he's got a 35-year-old girlfriend. I'm thinking, really? No, not exactly. Um, So I think it comes from generations and centuries of men having the power, having the status, and women having very little of any power in their own right other than their at one time their virginity their purity but it would be their beauty and their youth and who what they bring to you as far as being a a wife who can bear children that was that was our function right why do you think that um younger men would be attracted to older women and i'm talking you know like when it's 10 years i mean five years eh, i don't think that's that big a deal but when you start getting into 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, what would attract a man to a woman who is older like that, do you think? I mean, I have my own ideas, but I'd love to hear yours, Susan. No, no, no. So with the first book, Older Women, Younger Men, I did over 200 interviews. You know, it, it, I had to not just know my story. I had to I had to know everybody else's story, too. And I can tell you exactly why the younger men will choose an older woman and visibly older. Oh, yeah, yeah. They said, I'm talking hundreds of men said basically the same thing. One, she knows who she is. Two, she knows what she wants. Three, she doesn't play games. That was it. And, uh, me, now, what and, about and, you? What about your story? Do you have one? Did you? Oh. Did you have more than a? <laughs> did, I'm, I'm guessing you have more than a passing interest in this topic. Or... No, I had long-term committed monogamous live-together relationships with my partners, and they were about two decades different. And and that's hard. So you know, wait, you're talking about twenty years? 
Yeah, I mean, having, you know, 16 years seemed to be the average. Mm. But um, when you get into more than 20, it depends. I mean, at 40, it wasn't that uncomfortable. 50, it was still doable. You know, you get you get older than that. You're like, oh, I don't know. So (laughs) it's just uh, it it depends on where you're comfortable and it depends on the person. But it is an internal resonance. A lot of women are very modern these days. They think in a modern way, they dress in a modern fashion, and they are literally on a man's radar. And let's not forget that the first images of females that men see are not children. They're looking at images of women, beautiful movie stars, and so they're attuned to it. But also there's another layer here that's really important to talk about, and that is the unique quality of the type of men who are attracted to older women. And I'm talking about loving, committed relationships. Oh, this right? I, this I want to talk about, but we do need to take a short break. You're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Susan Winter, and we are discussing older women and younger men. Listeners, stay with us here. Don't jump on that plane. We will be right back. Ladies, it's time to enjoy a new you. Stop hiding. Experience a tradition of quality results and a standard of excellence and service at Kima Cosmetic Surgery Anti-Aging Center in Norwell. The best-kept secret south of Boston, whether you're looking to seek enhancement, reconstruction, or skin care, Kima is the only place to go. Having been in business for 11 years, their clients include A-listers. Kima is the first clinic in Massachusetts to use Limitless MD human umbilical cord stem cells. These are the first human umbilical cord stem cells created for cosmetic procedures used in combination with some of the most advanced technologies. I've been to Kima myself and wouldn't go anywhere else because I expect exceptional results. So contact Kima today to schedule your consultation at 781-871-4200 or visit them at kimaantiaging.com and discover the internal and external solution you've been looking for. Now what are you waiting for? Looking for a unique experience to dining? Rio Brazilian Steakhouse brings an authentic Brazilian flavor with a great atmosphere to the restaurant scene in Plymouth. The interior is warm and welcoming, and the buffet style offers a relaxed atmosphere while offering fine dining with the traditional rodizio style from Rio, the heart of Brazil. Come dine and watch your dishes being prepared and cooked over the grill. Plymouth's best-kept secret, Rio Brazilian Steakhouse offers a full buffet daily, along with wine and beer. Rio Brazilian Steakhouse is located at 318 Court Street in Plymouth and is open seven days a week. For an unforgettable experience from start to finish, visit them at riosteakhouserestaurant.com. You'll be glad you did. Hey, long time no see. You look amazing. Thanks. I just came from my hair appointment with Thomas Negrelli at Rebel Hair Studio. Thomas Negrelli? Yeah, Thomas Negrelli. He specializes in cuts, color, blowouts, braids, and even makeup. I have been thinking about changing up my look for the spring. Then call him at 774-404-1872. Did you say that number again? 774-404-1872. Thanks. I'm calling him now.
All right, we are back, and you're listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with award-winning author Susan Winter, and we are discussing her. Well, she's written several books, but this particular one, Older Women, Younger Men, New Options for Love and Romance. So welcome back, Susan. Thank you. Thank you. So, okay, so before the break, you mentioned what it is So about men, older men and younger women. So can you elaborate on that? Uh- you mean uh, the younger men with the older women and yes. why the attraction yeah, yeah, is yeah. such? Mm. Uh, okay, so so the three things, um, the, the dominant three things that all men have said to me in the research of over 200 couples, and, and I'm still, you know, that was at the time, I still keep talking to people. Um, they know who they are, they right. don't play games, and they know what they want. But the other layer is that there are men out there who want depth. They want depth of character, and they tell me, I can't date girls my age. They're just silly. They're playing games. They don't know what they want. They're whimsical. They're hot and cold. They are looking for emotional substance. And here... I'm sorry. I was just going to say. Oh, that, no, no, go that, ahead. I was just going to say that may be the younger, but but you think, you know, like that maybe a 25-year-old, and not that I'm saying that necessarily is the case, yeah. but more more likely so just because of maturity. But I'm talking about like a 40-year-old woman, um, excuse me, man with like a 55-year-old woman, something like that. So, okay. I mean, I, I wouldn't think a 40-year-old woman, I, I would figure at that point in her life she pretty much knows what she wants. So I kind of am debunking that just a little bit. A good example. Okay, so I met this gorgeous, and I mean gorgeous model. And my friend brought him to me because he happened to be in New York. He used to live and work in New York, and he moved to Milan. His wife was 65, silver gray hair. She was beautiful. And he said, I, I just knew when I saw her, and they looked, it looked like her, the gorgeous lady with her gorgeous son. He said there's something about her. It was it was her aura, her mystique, her wisdom. It was just compelling. And he said, I know the way it looks. He said, but uh, this is the truth for me. Mm-hmm. So there is that there is that quality of resonance. And we're yeah, whenever you have something that looks very different on the outside, and yet you see two people together and you're thinking, what? And it's not like, okay, well, obviously she wants his money or he needs her opportunity. You realize for all the differences, they've got a lot more in common. Mm-hmm. What about, you know, oftentimes it's it's said that if a woman is with a man who is older, that she's sort of looking for a, a father figure. Do you think that applies to, and I'm not, again, saying that that is the case, but I'm wondering if that is ever the case uh, with a younger guy going for an older woman, you know, feeling like he wants to replace a mother? You know, it is true that we try to correct our history in yep. our future. Yeah, yep. <laughs> absolutely. And, um, but here's the kicker. Most of the older women that are on the radar of a younger man are powerful and independent. I'm not saying they're not nurturing, but you know what? The younger guys are turned on by their power and their authority. This is not a competition for them as a same age or possibly older man might feel like I've got the job in the house. You know, younger men are excited and proud of this. So I don't think they look to them so much for a mommy thing, for nurturing as much as they would for grounding and wisdom and that they're proud of her. She's their trophy. She's a trophy of achievement. Oh, isn't that interesting? 
Yes. What specific benefits for an older woman are there to date a younger guy? Well, I can only tell you from me, and I, I can tell you. I'll, <laughs> well, I I'll, I'll start with myself. To ask. <laughs> and I'll start with myself, yeah. and then I'll move into what other women have told me. Okay. Um, for me, I, you know, I'm an adopted single only child. My parents were much, much older uh, than my friends' parents when I was going to school, and I grew up at cocktail parties in in little dresses, and I went to conferences, and I traveled the world, and I, you know, I had quite an exposure for a young girl, and I never really played like children play. Mm. And when I got to school, I spoke a language that, you know, I was my vocabulary was too well developed. It's like <laughs> they looked at me like I was nuts. So I'd been with older people my whole life. And by the time, and I was very serious in college, I was an opera singer and I was very studious. I wouldn't even come home on breaks. And I was very serious when I hit New York and started my career. And I never was young. The playfulness and the and the fresh mm. eyes for me for me mm. it was the purity ah. because because so many guys that i i knew that my girlfriends were dating had either been jaded hurt by love they were divorced guys that you know lost their dream the the, the wife took the house you know they had to live in the crummy apartment they were upset there they were they were disappointed and disillusioned in love and these young guys were like a clean slate. They were like, oh, I know how to love. And they were, and, and I loved that life was, oh, I never saw this before. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it made me awaken mm -hmm. to that excitement and adventure. It was a beautiful thing. And by the way, I don't like younger men that don't have a sense of purity about them. Mm -hmm. It's pointless. Um, what I'm wondering, is there a general uh, idea or rule of thumb of, how young might be too young? I mean, like how much of an age gap is too much? It, it's really an individual thing. It gets harder with each generation. 16 years has been effortless for me and almost is not noticeable because most of my friends are at least 10 to 16 years younger, just my social circle. Mm -hmm. um, you know, by the time a woman hits her 60s or 70s, I've known a lot of couples where the the husband had a baby face and he was about 54 and she was 82. And at some point, Francesca, 80 looks like 80. I mean, you can do your best, but it's kind of, you know, you go over that 80, 80, 82, 85 mark and you're like, an, you look like an older woman. I don't care who you are. And um, it, it's not easy for us because look at, we're still, instead of going, oh my gosh, I've got this loving relationship with a man who adores me. These women I know have to look at themselves in the mirror and go, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, is there a concern though that, you know, you've, you're, you're, let's say you're dating someone or you're involved in a monogamous relationship with someone who's say 15, 16 years, as you said, um, older than you or younger than you, whatever the case may be, that you won't, that you're going to eventually lose that partner because that person is, is so much older. You know, although yeah. I, I will I will share this one little tidbit here, which is a little bit sad story, but this was back about four years ago. I had a, a girlfriend who um, she ended up having a, a heart attack. She was involved and she died. And she was involved oh. with a man for, who was about 18 years older than her. And, you know, all the girls, we would always tease her like, Donna, you, you know, you're going to outlive this guy and then what's going to happen, right. you're going to be alone. And, yeah. you know, as it turns out, 
that's not what happened at all. Well, but, yeah. uh, but you know, that's that's the way we would tend to think, you know, that the, the uh, woman's going to usually outlive the man. I mean, usually, oftentimes that is the case. So wh- what would you say about something like that? What would your thoughts be on, on that? Well, oddly, you know, most of the ladies I know that are older spend the last 20 years of their life alone after their husband has yeah, passed. Yeah. If you it, right, if you if you thought, I mean, they try to get a companion, but most of most women that have had a great marriage just say, Ugh, you know, why bother? And they're at the point that they want to take care of somebody again. They've taken care of kids and whatever. So, I mean, if you just think about the odds of women living at least ten plus years longer than a man, it kind of makes sense to get a younger husband. So you, <laughs> you know, so and and women nowadays are so vibrant and so active. I mean, the death knell for a woman when I was growing up was 35, 35, your life was over. I mean, right. I mean, it's just, it's unthinkable. Now women start to bloom in their late Mm forties. Then you see these magazines, you know, 40 is the new 20 and then 50 is the new 30 and 60 is the new 40. And you know, what are maybe 80 is going to be the new 60, who knows? But uh, so we're working on ourselves. And so women don't have the visible difference so much um and not all women you know the funny thing is francesca not every older woman is gorgeous and younger guy is gorgeous right you you these are the hollywood couples i mean i've met the real couples the guy is like yeah you know the woman is like yeah they're, they're the real people the real world you know but they love each other yeah and yeah. that's well these days there is a lot of things to help us to look younger as a matter of fact one of one of my wonderful sponsors Kima in Norwell uh, does all sorts of amazing treatments for women and you could have a 55 year old woman looking 35 <laughs> That's it's amazing. It is it is pretty amazing. But anyway, we do need to take another short break. Listeners, stay with us here. Don't go anywhere. We have lots more to cover. The new Cobblestone Cafe on Hanover Street in Boston brings casual, on-the-go American fare to the North End, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Open daily at 7 a.m., Cobblestone Cafe offers burgers, barbecue, salads, fries, milkshakes, seafood, and the very popular Snickerdoodle iced coffee. Delivery and catering are also available. Cobblestone Cafe, 227 Hanover Street in Boston. For more information, call 857-263-8057 or visit them online at cobblestonecafene.com. Tides is beachside dining at its best all year round. Located at the end of the Nahant Causeway, directly on Nahant Beach, the ocean views from the dining room and the pub can't be beat, no matter what the season. Nominated for Best of the North Shore from North Shore Magazine for Best Alfresco Dining, Best Kid-Friendly Restaurant, Best Lobster Dinner, and Best Water View. Why would you go anywhere else? Whether you choose their dining room, a frosty pint at their bar, or a sun-drenched deck on Nahant Beach, they guarantee you great atmosphere with super food and service. Their menu is full of fresh, high-quality seafood, prime rib, chicken, pasta, and pizza that everyone will love. Check out their drink menu for fun cocktails, 30 ice-cold beers on tap, and their well-rounded wine list with their state-of-the-art tap wines. They feature full-service lottery and kino. Tides is the place to watch any big game. They have over 20 HD TVs. At Tides, they specialize in casual dining with food that's just delicious, not pretentious. Tides is a fantastic restaurant anytime, summer or winter, lunch or dinner, rain or shine. Located in Boston's North End holds one of our best-kept secrets, Antico Forno, ranked number nine of the top ten Italian restaurants around the world within the category of being one of the most authentic. 
with a welcoming family feel, it's hard to argue the experience you have when enjoying dinner at Antico Forno. Best known for their brick oven pizza, their world-class traditional cuisine does not fall far behind. Come enjoy dinner at Antico Forno and feel like part of the family. Open daily from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Call us today at 617-723-6733 or visit us at AnticoFornoBoston.com. Hey, this is James Woods, and you are listening to Talk with Francesca. All right, we are back, and you are listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Susan Winter, and we are talking about older women, younger men. We're going to switch gears just a little bit here, uh, Susan, because I'd love to talk about social media in today's generation differing from the past. What what are your thoughts on that? Oh, (laughs) I don't know how much time you have. Yeah, I know. Uh, Do you know that all of the research has pointed to the fact that social media absorption, daily exposure to social media makes us feel badly about ourselves? You know what? I I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, argue that at all. I mean, you know, if if you're having a bad time in your life, I think the worst place you can be is on Facebook myself personally i would say you know um it, it's, absolutely and it, and it's, not, it's not even realistic i mean if you're having a really really bad day and you know you're you're you find out that your your best friend is is dating your husband are you gonna uh, put that yeah. on facebook i don't think so right, right? but anyway no. but go ahead so I, I just wanted to throw that in there so go ahead no because you put the pr in the hands of everybody you know, so so there's no more PR company to spin your image. You've got 20 year old girls putting filters on their face and changing the way they look and altering their waist. And, you know, you've got all these crazy things that people can do to alter their image and and all the posing and the attention seeking and the image that life is amazing. I'm amazing. Everything I do is incredible. And so whether you know it or not, we're kind of induced to compare our life to somebody else's, you know, they refer to it as the highlight reel. And and I I always talk about this story. I think about New Year's. I'm not a party person. You will, I mean, my agony is in a group of people. I can stand in front of a, a group of people and talk, but to be in the midst of a group of people is a nightmare for me. Mm-hmm. And to imagine people drinking and drugs and New Year's and all that. And I think of all the people sitting at home feeling like a loser, eating their haagen <laughs> watching the ball drop <laughs> at 10 o'clock because they don't, you know, don't want to stay up till midnight. So they're watching New York, whatever their time zone is. And I'm thinking, you never see that photo. The next day, had a great New Year's, my cat and myself, you know. Exactly. In Thank it, you so right? much, Susan Winter, for sharing. I appreciate that. <laughs> so and yet are... that's the reality for many people, is it not? That's you know... exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. And so do you feel it's harder these days than our parents' generation to find love? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, why so? Absolutely. Why so? It is the, the paradox of choice. It is the dating paradox, which means there is so much choice. Mm. Okay, I don't know how you feel. I do not do well in a department store, especially in New York City. They're the size of football fields. I mean, it's just I'm on overload. I can't make 
a decision. And if I make a decision, I wonder if I made the right one. I think you're a highly sensitive person from what you're telling me. I actually, I interviewed Elaine Aaron, who is an expert on highly sensitive people. And you just, between, uh, you know, crowds and stores, and I'm, I'm the exact same way. Do not yeah. put, do not put me in a mall. I don't want any part of it. As a matter of right. fact, I feel like I hibernate. I hibernate around the holidays. I don't want to be in those crowds. Although I do like to be with a group of people. So, but anyway, so yes, I think you have a a point there with people having so many choices. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, this one's great, but what if somebody else right. would be better? Exactly. I mean, but exactly. I don't know. Do you think everybody feels that way? I mean, do you think that people who are who are out there looking, I mean, if they've met someone, don't you think they're just satisfied with the person that they're they're with if they're happy? Well, of course. I mean, there are people that get married every day. There, there are millions of people that are together as a couple. It's just that nowadays, and with the combination of the millennial generation, that um, tore down, well, it was happening in society anyway, but a lot of the traditional roles um, of how we imagine partnership to be were eradicated in this time period. And as this generation tried to get a more authentic version of themselves, they entered relationships kind of without a structure. So there was no infrastructure. There's a lot of... I mean, there are people that don't know what it's like to have a solid boyfriend. They know what it's like to be dating a lot of people. They know what it's like to be seeing three or four different people at the same time. I mean, whoever thought that you'd have to have the exclusivity conversation? I mean, really? But this is where I think I'm so lucky because I've lived through um, several different time periods where I remember traditional relationships and I remember having the discussion of, you know, it was just assumed if a person that were going kept, steady, <laughs> right. They were going steady or they, the, 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 the partner would isolate you from the crowd and get your time and win your favor. And then you'd be in a relationship. Yeah. It wouldn't be that they would want to, you know, try you out like some of those yogurt shops where they have little cups and like it's right to go to oh, the vanilla. I want to try the chocolate. I want to try the banana split. I want to try. I mean, it's like, really? I mean, what is all this test driving of everybody? I don't well, know. I mean, yeah. I was going to ask you some of the negative aspects to online dating and dating apps, but I think that you probably, uh, you know, I think that, it, and I think that's more so for women because I think there's more women out there than there are men now. Yes, yes. And I think traditionally women want more context. We are more comfortable knowing what we have. And it's because we are integrated. It's a it's a little bit more precious deal for us to be intimate. So I think that, um, you know, the newer generation is doing an entirely different twist on it. And as they have sought to eliminate structure in order to have authenticity, what has been lacking is an infrastructure and a safe passage for them. So a lot of the work that I try to do is to just remember who you are, know what you want, know, be able to articulate that to your partner. Don't be ashamed if you if you feel like, you know, women are ashamed, young girls, to say, oh, I want a relationship, I want to be married, I'm looking for a partner. They think it makes them look desperate and needy, <sighs> you know. I don't know. I think if people are online, isn't that really what they're looking for? I mean, I don't know, but that's what I would I would assume. That's what they say they're looking for. But again, there's a lot of indecision. 
there's a lot of shifting lanes. Mm-hmm. There, it is because very again, there's, hard. So, there's so many choices. You're saying. Oh yes, I mean, so I looked at my. I knew I was busy last year, and I knew I was a little overwhelmed. So I, I worked with 529 clients, okay. individual clients. That's not sessions. That's clients. So you can see how busy I. So you tell me if you don't think there's a problem. Okay, something's going on. Something's Something going, is going. Something's going right? on, right? You're, yeah, with love coach here. Okay, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Susan Winter. Susan, so what about the positive aspects of online dating? Are there any? I personally don't like it because it's a crapshoot. I mean, you don't really know that you're. Okay, my very closest girlfriend, and everybody has this story, found her husband online. Yeah, and but she's been online. Yeah. You hear this all the time, and it's true. The positive side is that it does extend you beyond your social circle. It does. It has the ability to, with the algorithms and the connections, to introduce you to people you would never meet. And especially now, where we're very connected, you know, through the internet, but also very sometimes isolated. People are working in their homes, home mm, offices, yes. coffee shops. Maybe you have a social circle, but if you're, I spent a decade being a writer. That is the most isolating career. Absolutely. And, and, and also, I mean, yeah, and just want to just chime in here that unlike a phone conversation, it's hard to decipher tone when you're reading a, a text message or an online post. And, you know, all the, do you find that social media and other forms of electronic communication can make dating today a lot more difficult than it, than it needs to be? I, the reason I ask that too is because, you know, I'll be out with my family and my, my nieces, you know, they're twins, 25 years old, you know, and they've always got the phone at the dinner table, I know. you know, I know. And, and what, and I'll tell you what else concerns me is that how do these kids today even know how to have an intimate conversation with someone, look in someone's eyes and, and, mm. and really be able to communicate in a real authentic way. So I know I okay. just said a bunch of things in that one. Second. No, no, no. So, so, but, Bullseye. Yeah. Francesca, you nailed it. They do not know how to communicate. Do you know that I have clients who call me and the entire conversation is the coded, covert, subliminal messages being given through Snapchat and Instagram? whether he she liked a post or didn't like a post thumbs up or thumbs down that he or she placed a song that only the two of them would know doesn't have the courage to say i want you back the the level of reading and interpretation of anything it is it's it's a nightmare it's i mean deadly i think it's deadly i think the only time that it probably isn't is if you're flirting while you're texting with someone because you know you're really there's, there's the little the emojis and there it's mm-hmm. kind of you know cute and, mm-hmm. you know but but beyond that or, or you know there's something specific like i'm meeting you at eight o'clock at you know right right but, exactly. but other than that when you start to express yourself uh via a text or online there's just this constant constant miscommunication it's it's, Absolutely. And frankly, it's daunting. So truncated language equals truncated emotions, and they, they kind of go back and forth. What happens is we have a generation that has been, um, they are mute. They do not know how to express themselves, mm-hmm. and oftentimes they don't have the courage to express themselves honestly to each other. There is so much that's coded and layered and 
and and there's a level of caution because the social interaction is not comfortable. I remember being stuck on an airplane when there were magazines. Okay, I, this was like early 2000s. And I'm flying someplace and I picked up a teen Vogue in Spanish because that's all they had. So I kept deciphering through that. And the, the analysis, I'm just tourist Spanish, but I'm kind of kind of speaking uh, and fluent. And so I'm reading that if teenagers were asked back in like 2004, 2005, if you could only do one thing with a cell phone, text or call, what would you do? And they all said text. Oh. And that was 2004. Well, but I mean, even as we get older now, I mean, it is it. it it helps us to be able to multitask. It helps us to be able to get a lot of things done. Mm-hmm. But, but there's another whole side that has nothing to even do with relationships. We become exhausted because we're doing just so much more. Because we can, because we have the cell phones, because we have the social media. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it's it's crazy. Um, we do need to take another short break, but when we come back, um, I, I'd love to talk about just a number of other things and keeping your relationship strong. And, and, and so listeners, stay with us here. Don't jump on that plane. We will be right back. No matter how hard I try, you keep pushing me aside. Ladies, it's time to enjoy a new you. Stop hiding. Experience a tradition of quality results and a standard of excellence and service at Kima Cosmetic Surgery Anti-Aging Center in Norwell. The best-kept secret south of Boston, whether you're looking to seek enhancement, reconstruction, or skin care, Kima is the only place to go. Having been in business for 11 years, their clients include A-listers. Kima is the first clinic in Massachusetts to use Limitless MD human umbilical cord stem cells. These are the first human umbilical cord stem cells created for cosmetic procedures used in combination with some of the most advanced technologies. I've been to Kima myself and wouldn't go anywhere else because I expect exceptional results. So contact Kima today to schedule your consultation at 781-871-4200 or visit them at kimaantiaging.com and discover the internal and external solution you've been looking for. Now what are you waiting for? Looking for a unique experience to dining? Rio Brazilian Steakhouse brings an authentic Brazilian flavor with a great atmosphere to the restaurant scene in Plymouth. The interior is warm and welcoming, and the buffet style offers a relaxed atmosphere while offering fine dining with the traditional rodizio style from Rio, the heart of Brazil. Come dine and watch your dishes being prepared and cooked over the grill. Plymouth's best-kept secret, Rio Brazilian Steakhouse offers a full buffet daily, along with wine and beer. Rio Brazilian Steakhouse is located at 318 Court Street in Plymouth and is open seven days a week. For an unforgettable experience from start to finish, visit them at riosteakhouserestaurant.com. You'll be glad you did. Are you looking for an authentic Italian meal in an intimate setting? Then you might just want to venture out to Boston this weekend and dine at Terramia's Ristorante. A true gem among all those rhinestones in Boston's North End, this cozy trattoria with stucco walls and beam ceilings specializes in creative interpretations of Italian classics. Like the cuisine here, the atmosphere is elegant yet understated. Since opening in 1993, Terramia has aimed to convince diners that there's always more to Italian food than red sauce. Over the years, the inventive and beloved restaurant has done a great deal of convincing. And best of all, it's reasonably priced. This best-kept secret is worth the trip. Call 617 523 Three 
or visit terramiarestaurante.com. No matter how hard I try, you keep pushing me aside and I can't break through. All right, we are back and you are listening to Talk with Francesca. I'm speaking with Susan Winter. She has, we, we started the show, if, if you are just tuning in now, discussing older women and younger men, but now we're sort of shifting into some other areas of relationships. So welcome back, Susan. Thank you. All right. So for those already in a relationship, what do you recommend to keep the bond strong? Oh, keep the lines of communication open and allow yourselves to grow and change. I think a lot of times in long-term relationships, we we will have moments of growing apart, but it's to come back together with different interests. So it's important to have couple time, which oftentimes, especially if there are kids, you you just don't have a lot of date nights and couple time. Mm. You need private couple time and not the routine, not like, okay, every Saturday night we go out, we just, I'm tired and we'll just go to the same Italian restaurant. You need to try to break it up and make it exciting again. We can, in long-term relationships, especially as parents, lose the romantic uh, part of ourselves. So we need, we need couple time that's precious. We need alone time, alone with our thoughts, and even alone with our friends. And so that that doesn't worry our mate. And that's so that we can grow and have new experiences so that we're not that couple at the table that has nothing to say to each other. Right, right. No, I would I would definitely agree with that. Uh, the, yeah, relationships can become a real yawn. Yeah, you know, I, I'm wondering if you can recommend some tips um, when there's a breakup, how you're ready to date and go on and move on oh boy um so <laughs> i actually i created an audio booklet because i i did that so many times over the phone with people or on skype with my clients and and somebody said oh you have got a formula i'm like i don't have a formula it's all unique in there and then i started listening i thought wow i do have steps uh, there are seven steps that are the most important when you first go through a breakup oh, number one yeah okay number one is you've got to be able to say what happened and why even if you your partner didn't give you a reason you've got to say you've got to find something so you have to have a two-sentence answer to give it some kind of context like we grew apart uh, he she met somebody new he she wasn't ready for commitment whatever it is you have to um yes you have to name it so because otherwise the mind can't begin the process of categorizing and packaging and processing what's happened secondarily but don't you think over time that uh, what happened in your mind may change of course but because in the I initial that, i know that when i got divorced i mean there were um you know i went through different stages where i said it was this and then i said it was that and although i have to admit about a year later i i circled right back to what i thought it was initially how you know but I also, you are you know yeah you are correct um so i guess the first my my impression was that the first hours days weeks you've got damage control that's enormous you're emotionally bleeding out and so there are a series of steps that you go through initially they're different than how you transition and move forward but just like big package ideas you have to look at what happened you have to get a realistic image of who your partner was 
They're not the best person in the world. They're not the worst person in the world. They've got their flaws, their humanity. It's not the last bus. There won't be another, you know, you think, oh my gosh, I'm never going to find anybody. You have to get through all of that and you have to reestablish who you are. You have to re-clarify your goals. Now that you've had this experience, what kind of a partner do you need and want? And then make sure that you're emotionally ready and secure enough to go back out and date again. So it's it's quite a process. Yeah, it really is. Uh, So, okay, so tell us, is there any questions that I haven't asked you? (laughs) (laughs) You know your listenership. Well, I know, but I'm just, I'm curious, you know, as we're talking, I'm saying, you know, I'm wondering if there's something that you want to share that that we haven't talked about. Well, there is one deal breaker that I have noticed for older women and younger men, and it is across the board. The It's not age. It's not any of that. It's children. So you have to be on board with the fact that, and I've made it very simple for everybody to figure out. There are three types. There are three types of men, those who must have children. And the reason to partner is because they want a family. And so the men have to know who they are and don't start with an older woman. If you want a family and she's already got kids or she's getting close to the point that she can't have kids. So, you know, figure out, are you okay with the kids that she's got? Do you need your own children? So there are men who have to have children. Then there's another group of men who've never wanted children. Mm-hmm. Until recently, they've yeah. been very ashamed to say so because even women, we feel selfish. Like, you may be the most nurturing person in the world, but maybe you never wanted children. Yeah. You just didn't want your own children. Mm-hmm. So, And then the third type of man is the man who will go either way. The number one dominant concern is the partner that he goes. He's His choice is, I want my partner. If she wants kids, fine. If she doesn't want kids, fine. I want the partner. She's first. So you've got to know what kind of man you're dealing with if you're dating a young guy. So if you speak to a young man, yeah, and he starts to say, well, you know, um, what do you want? And you'll say, oh, you know, I want a family and I want kids. And you're like 45, you might say to yourself, you know, so why did you connect with me? Why are we on this date? You know, you you, you have to have a realistic, you're not going to change them. Yeah, hot flashes, warm milk, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. They're just not in the... The same yeah. category. Yeah. Susan, do you believe it's actually really, truly possible to master your love life, or do you believe there's an expiration date on relationships? And I'm not saying that I either way, um, but, you know, I mean, let, let's face it, relationships, 50% of relationships do fail. So I'd be curious to know your thoughts on that. Um, realistically, in today's world, it is harder mm-hmm. because of choice and travel and interconnectedness. You know, when you lived in a town of 500 people and there were maybe two or there were maybe 10 guys to choose from or 10 women, it was easier. You weren't constantly exposed to the next best thing. So the paradox of choice or the dating paradox even works in existing relationships. And to be honest, people change. People change. What you wanted at 20 isn't what you want at 30, 40, 50, 60. And the partner that was perfect for you when you got together can 12 years later have run its course so would i love to say a soulmate for the rest of your life that is a smaller percentage of reality than we want to admit it is the goal it has to be worked toward it's not impossible but it is something that both individuals have to have a deep commitment to 
and their love will change throughout the years. Mm -hmm. Their love will go from that young, naive, passionate to the, you know, householders working as a team to building their future to companions to to somebody's person i'm there for you i'll take you to the medical procedures i'm there for you you know and so it's going to go through a lot of different changes so the love has to be very mature yes it is harder now to have a relationship that'll last 40 years it just is oh there's, there's no doubt about it how can you one tell the difference between not being ready to date because you're quote unquote working on yourself sometimes when you know you've had a, a break a bad breakup you know you decide I'm going to take care of myself for a bit so how can when you're working on yourself while healing and dating someone you grow and progress in life with so how do you know the difference wait I don't I don't quite understand how do you know the difference between when you're not ready to date and when you don't want to date I'm confused so no how can one tell the difference between not being ready to date because you're working on yourself while healing okay or dating okay. someone that you're gonna you're gonna grow and progress with Oh, well, they're, they're two very different constructs. Knowing yourself and and knowing what you want is you, you, you have to know that before you start out. Or you realize it while you're with a person. You're like, oh, didn't know I wanted that. <laughs> Not going in that direction. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is why sometimes people jump off the relationship train because they learn something later than they anticipated. Mm-hmm. Learn a deep truth about themselves. Yeah, so that yeah, I'm sorry. and you don't and you don't always know that you, we do our best, but we're humans and we're constantly growing and changing. And we'd like to think that who we are at the time that we meet our partner and the promises we make are going to be real. But we cannot anticipate truthfully how we will respond to life as we interact with it. And what about we when people? Pro- when people break up and then like you know they've been married for say 10 15 years and and they jump right on the dating bandwagon don't you think that's just a little soon yeah they're you know it's a band-aid thing they're trying to recover their self-esteem they're trying to feel desirable they're trying to make up for lost time if they were in a loveless marriage you know it's just a compensation thing normally you know those things are rebound and they don't last very well you have to go through a couple tests of who you are out in the field to get your solidity. Yeah, I think, well, even even if it's not dating someone else, I think that if you don't take the time to really be quiet with yourself, as painful as that can be after when you're you're mourning or grieving a relationship, I think if you don't do that, if you don't just feel the feelings, I I think that you bury them. I mean, they've got to process some way. Would you agree with that? You are correct, and here's where women are at an advantage. We tend to do this because we feel more deeply. Mm -hmm. Men can oftentimes want to suppress it because they've had to. They've been conditioned to, you you know, throughout throughout history. And so it will erupt on you. You could be, you know, girlfriend number three after his divorce, and suddenly now he realizes something and goes into therapy. You're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Mm -hmm. But he didn't see it coming either. And you are absolutely right. That is a process we have to go through. And it, it, it helps us to get stable because we have to know where we've been, process and package it to really see the next horizon. And I think women are able to 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 um, process that a little bit better than men, only because I think men traditionally, when they're feeling pain, you know, they'll they'll get out on the basketball court or play some tennis yeah. or do do whatever with the guys, have a couple beers. Yeah. But, but 
God forbid that they they talk about their feelings where women you know they are the nurturers and and we reach out to our friends and you know talk till we're blue in the face but that is how we process it and I think that makes a huge huge difference in being able to move on I agree unless you live in California <laughs> I have to say this <laughs> my California male clients will be in the middle of a restaurant and they'll start weeping and say I'm having a moment. And I'm like, really? what? Well, look, we're from the East Coast. It's like, what? You don't have moments? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, you get the, the touchy-feely. I'm in touch with myself. I know who I am. I mean, all the self-growth and spiritual exploration. So sometimes it it's a regional thing. Mm-hmm. But you'd be surprised the language that you hear from some men and and men that have been through a lot of therapy that's a whole nother trip they're more emotional i think than women so you know that but generally speaking yes generally speaking women have to process their emotions but we've been given latitude to do so and encouragement exactly exactly in addition to your first book uh, your second book allowing magnificence living the expanded version of your life alters how we view life's challenges does this help with both relationship uh, romantic relationships and other relationships as well it, it does. You know, I wanted to deal with the self, just who we are. And there was a little bit touching on, you know, when we change who we are and how we think and we can eliminate some of our own negativity or some of the things that get in our own way of being our magnificent inherent selves, um, we'll do a lot better in every aspect of life. So I do have some examples in there where people have looked at life and misinterpreted, thinking that they are losing and they, t- they you know, we're always going to have challenges, Francesca. Mm-hmm. So my position is let's master the ability at getting through them and making them work for us rather than against us. And how That's would you recommend doing important. that? You have to see it differently. We have to take a look instead of good and bad and black and white and mm, this day I like and that day I don't. opposites, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it, it is. We have to look at challenges. First of all, you need a basic premise. You, you need to be in agreement with the fact that life is here to create more life, that life is positive and that everything changes and that change is a normal part of life and to stop resisting it. So when we have something that we perceive as a challenge we need to look for the gift inside that because nature is pushing us forward life is pushing us into a new experience oftentimes purposefully you will hear people who've really figured it out who said you know when i had that medical diagnosis i didn't know who i was and then this and that happened i had the divorce i thought it was the end of the world but then i found my new career because of it so if we can start to embrace challenges because they're going to keep coming and and say, okay, I see this looks daunting, but I trust that there is something positive in this message for me, then we'll start to move through life with a little more ease and grace and allow ourselves to feel better about ourselves. And I also think that being, it sounds really airy-fairy, but I do think being grateful for what we have is really important. I know that I start every single day uh, with my coffee, have to have my coffee, and (laughs) uh, of course, my two cups of coffee, and really thinking about what I'm grateful for. And again, I know it sounds a little airy-fairy, but you know what? It really starts my day off on the right track. So um, so I'm, I'm grateful that I'm grateful. And Susan, I would love to chat with you longer, um, but we are out of time. Is there a website that our listeners can go to to find out more about you? 
Yes, please. Thank you. SusanWinter.net. And all my videos and books and audio booklets and all the interviews that I do are there and hundreds of articles on older women, younger men and modern dating. Yes, there's quite a selection there. All right. Fantastic. All right. We've got to wrap things up. You've been listening to Talk with Francesca. I hope you enjoyed the show. I know that I did. If you did, spread the word on social media. I'd love to hear from you. So drop me a note at info at talkwithfrancesca.com. And thanks again for listening. Don't try.